Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and it is April the 19th. One thing I can say about this uh, whole thing we're going through, the time does fly by very quickly it seems. Um, it was just, uh, we went through on April 2nd was my daughter's birthday. It was her 18th birthday so she got to stay home with mom and dad and her brother which was uh, thrilling for her, I'm sure. She had some other, they had plans before, but, uh, and I just can't believe I looked at the calendar today and I go, that was already 17 days ago. It's crazy how fast it goes. Anyways, um, lots of gardening going on. I follow a couple of the Facebook sites and I see how many people are ordering from us. And again, I just want to thank everybody for uh, shopping online, helping us flatten the curve. And uh, we have been deemed an essential service Um, So we are putting a whole bunch of safety protocol in place, the plexiglass and and arrows and all kinds of different physical distancing protocol in place. So we will be opening uh, May 1st is our target date if everything goes good and it should be fine. And uh, then we're open. We have the full store wide open. We have 10 acres. That becomes our store right now. We're inside in a smaller greenhouse and stuff. So... With the amount of online we're doing, it just we really want to do our part to help flatten the curve as well and uh, and get everybody safer. Then we get a little closer to the gardening season. We're gonna open up, but with limiting the people coming through and uh, and all that stuff that we need to follow in these days and days days and age, I guess. However, it goes. So, um, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open. I already see a couple people up and going. And at Joanna Chudy. She's back in Midbor on the on the text line, so keep them coming hot and heavy. Um, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text. Um, we have our expert, Joanne, on that end, answering your text. And then I'm here on the calls. We'll be answering any of your calls here. So right now I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Terry right off the bat. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you, sir? Oh, you're probably not going to like me. I need to know how <laughs> to get rid of a wild rose bush. It's just causing me some grief here. It's about as big as my house. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And up against a fence and Is it, can't get the mower in there. Okay. One thing you can do, if there's just a whole bunch of dead wood in it, you could just cut it right down to the ground, like three to four inches off the ground, and then just let it come up from the base again and rejuvenate and get all the new growth. Because right now you probably have lots of deadwood in there. It's a big old gnarly rose, right? Oh, it is. But yeah. I'd like to get rid of the whole thing, yeah. Merle. Okay, so cut it right down to the ground and then mm-hmm. dispose of that wood. And then just got to get your shovel out. And uh, I would just dig it out. Because gonna, you're going to have to dig out the roots anyways. And it's not going to sucker after that. So I would just dig it out. As soon as the ground thaws, like they don't have super, super heavy r- roots. Get a good sharp shovel and... Unfortunately, you just have to dig out that um, that rose bush like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, and uh, like you said, and if if you salvage enough of it, if you have another spot to move it or something like that, you can always do that as well. Merle, I got so many wild roses around here. This is <laughs> not going to make a big difference. <laughs> okay. All right, Terry. But thank you so much. Yeah. Enjoy the fresh air out there, and uh, and I stay sure safe. Will. Thank you, Terry. All right. Take Bye. 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 All right, and let's go. We're going to go to Te- or Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Merrill. Um, I'm calling about about my grass. I wanted to. Um, I I get it aerated most every year. Okay. 
and fer- and I have your fertilizer. And but I was wondering, um, I have some seed, but how long should you be keeping seed? Because I did. It's a couple of years old, and it's in an unheated garage. That, so and that's, what do I do about that's that? That's actually best. Um, if it's cool, dark, that's the best place to preserve your seed. For the most part, it's probably going to be fine. You might have some dehydration on some of it. Okay. Um, if it was just in an open bag. But if you had it in a sealed container in a cool, dark place, um, Leslie, you probably did the best thing possible. So. Oh, okay. So... Tell me about the application, uh, like the uh, the order. Well, what what I would do is is we got to wait a little bit here um, to to get in and start doing any raking or anything. Right. Um, so wait, wait till it thaws and dries out nicely. Okay. You just start seeing a little good green. So get out, give everything a good rake, and then at that time I'd apply my fertilizer. And then if you want to do a little bit of a, did you, do you need to overseed or you just want to use up the seed that you have? No, I probably should overseed. There's spots, um, you know, like um, spots throughout the grass that need some, something. Yep. Okay. And you'll find that if you're using our fertilizer too, you'll see that it'll fill in a lot of those spots. So just give those dead spots a little extra rake and a little bit of soil and then just put your put a little heavier patch of uh, grass seed in there. Okay. And then you're you're good to go. And then just like I said, in in a month and a half or so, apply your second um, application of the Green It Up lawn fertilizer, and you should have the one of the best lawns on the block. <laughs> yeah, I, I even got um, a couple of neighbors on your fertilizer too. Well, I, I hear that so often. I go, they go, oh, the neighbors seen your. Or they seen my grass, and they go, how come it's so green? <laughs> so they, well, and I've been out, uh, yeah, so that's, and it's just nice to see it. Cause, but it works good because with the high middle number, it's formulated to get the roots down nice and deep. So you water way less, and it's drought tolerant as well. So. And I was wondering about aeration. I, I usually get it, like I mulch, okay, I just have electric mower and it yep. mulches. So I get it aerated every year. Um, so I'm, I, I'm not. I don't aerate every year. But if you're going to top dress, it doesn't hurt to, to aerate. If you if you if it's been working good for you, and you want if you have a, a good guy that comes and does it for you once a once a year, it's not going to do any harm. That's for sure. I very rarely aerate. I find I give everything a good power raking, and and that's usually fine. But if you if you do have a little heavier soil and it's harder, the aeration helps with that. And then when you top dress, it'll help fill in those holes and get a little bit more soil down into the into the turf area. Okay, thank you very much, Meryl. All right, thank you, Leslie. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right, I need to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's online garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Customized tagline every week by me. There you go. All right. And we're still good for a bit. We're just waiting for uh, Justin Trudeau to come on board here and join us on Let's Talk Gardening and give us some advice. Just kidding. He's going to let us know on the COVID crisis. Um, where am I at here? Where am I at for phones? We're going to go to Joyce to Airdrie. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merle. Top of the day to you all. Top of the day to you as well. How's everything uh, up in Airdrie? <laughs> quiet. Don't even laugh. I can't even buy the house. Oh, that's no good. So how can I help you today, Joyce? Well, I'm thinking about gardening. Yes. 
peas. Why do they turn yellow at the roots at the bottom? Um, typically, because they, they're very high nitrogen, so that's just the old growth on the bottom. So, like when oh, they yep. and then shade, like sometimes when they get fuller, they they don't get as much light down at the bottom foliage. So a lot of oh. that. So that's just a natural preservation for plants, right? They get rid of old foliage, so that way they can concentrate on new foliage, and then once they start producing pods, more of their energy needs to go to that, so they, they'll defoliate. And you'll see that in our trees, like a couple of years ago when we had those drought, and all of a sudden in August, all the trees start losing their leaves. It's just a natural defense mechanism that kicks in, and same with our veggies and our houseplants and things. If they're lacking or they need to push more of their energy towards a certain thing, that's what they'll do. Is there anything else that I can do about it? Because no, I, it, it, I didn't it, do it last year because I just gave up. I would just continue to feed. Like You can feed them like a good 20-20-20 oh. or 30-10-10. Um, they do like a little bit of a higher nitrogen-type food because they're pushing oh, theirs, okay. theirs is up high. Um, the fertilizer would help. Absolutely. Yep. No, they're yeah. a fairly heavy feeder because you got to think how much foliage and... and and energy goes into growing those little pods. So um, definitely if you're feeding them, feed your soil is uh, like before you plant your peas too, like put a little bit of compost, sea soil, stuff like that in there. Gets it going nicely. Get some new dirt in maybe. Yeah, a little bit of soil. Yep. Yeah, that would help, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe, maybe I'll try it again this year. Yeah, give it a try. Get a nice okay. warm spot somewhere it can crawl up a bit and then you're good to go. Okay, and, good morning to uh, everybody. All right, thank you. And Hi. we got to go. Yeah, I'm Kevin Usselman here uh, from the uh, 770 CHQR News Center. Uh, we're getting ready for today's address from uh, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, his daily update on COVID-19. He might also comment on an active shooter investigation happening out in Nova Scotia today. Uh, now, the Mounties have uh, arrested a 51-year-old man, and apparently there's several victims, but we don't know whether the victims were injured or dead, so the Prime Minister might comment on that. And he will probably also give us an update as to what's happening with reconvening Parliament. Will um, MPs gather in Ottawa this week? Will there be debates on what's being done in Ottawa to deal with the pandemic? We'll find out more uh, in today's address from the Prime Minister. And now let's go to Ottawa and listen to uh, Justin Trudeau. Before we get started, I want to touch briefly on the unfolding events in port peak Nova Scotia. I know we've all been watching this on the news. My hearts go out to everyone affected in what is a terrible situation. I want to thank the police for their hard work and people for cooperating with authorities. I want to say a few words about the tragic situation which is unfolding in Port Aquic in Nova Scotia. And my thoughts go to all the people who have been affected by this event. And I want to, uh, to thank and congratulate all people who have intervened. I want also to convey my wishes for the Orthodox uh, holiday of Easter. I want to wish a happy Orthodox Easter to everyone who's celebrating today. Even if it's just over Skype, I hope you can spend this special day with family and friends. Although this pandemic has affected everyone, some people have been hit especially hard. Right now, too many Canadians are facing some really difficult situations. If you live with a disability, I don't have to tell you what this can look like. You might be worried about whether your support worker will be able to keep coming. 
You might be concerned about getting groceries or about your finances. And if you're caring for someone with a disability, you're probably anxious about getting support too. Your voice matters. Your experience is important. And our government is listening. If this crisis has laid bare the gaps that still exist for far too many Canadians, it has also given us an opportunity to address them. It has encouraged us to have even more meaningful conversations about how we can make our country a more inclusive and a more equitable place. Last week, Minister Qualtro launched a COVID-19 disability advisory group as part of our plan to keep all Canadians healthy, informed, and safe. We're addressing key issues like equal access to health care and information, as well as support on jobs and income. And we're doing all of this work with you at the table. On that note, I want to recognize the outstanding organizations right across the country, like the Rick Hansen Foundation, that are bringing these issues to the fore. You are doing incredible work, and we are proud to be your partner. Last week, our Minister Qualtro has set up the consultative group on COVID-19 regarding people who have who have a handicap and 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 a disability. So we are confronted with an unprecedented situation, and we want to have more equitable access to health care and information. We are also supporting financially people who need it, and we have also made provision for the purpose of protecting jobs. This work we carry it out together, and I want to pay tribute to all the leaders and all organizations who call our attention on those particular problems which affect people who are more most vulnerable. We're here to be your four partners. We've developed a three-point economic plan to help Canadians get through this tough time. We introduced the Canada Emergency Response Benefit to help people who've lost their wages. We brought in new loans for businesses and we introduced the wage subsidy. But there is still work to do. There are still people to reach. That's why this past week we expanded the Canada Emergency Response Benefit to include workers making up to $1,000 a month, seasonal workers and those whose EI has recently run out. It's why we put in place new measures to support people in the energy industry, which is suffering right now. And we also brought in support for people who continue to do incredible work in the arts, culture and sports communities. And it's why we've kept making progress with the provinces and territories on increasing wages for essential workers who need it. Now things are tough for employers too. So we brought in a whole range of additional support on loans and, and credit and for indigenous businesses and businesses in the north. And for communities that need extra support, we approved requests to have the Canadian Armed Forces assist in Quebec long-term care facilities, as well as in Nunavik and in Basse-Côte-Nord. Today, I can announce that we've also approved the extension of a request from the government of Quebec for the Canadian Rangers to help Nutashkwan and Equanichit First Nations near Basse-Côte-Nord. All these measures we've brought in are about helping you do the things that will get us through this. And it's working. We're seeing the numbers trend in the right direction. 
So we need to keep doing what we're doing and keep being extremely careful. And we will get through this together. Since the outset of the crisis, we have announced historic provisions, the emergency um, uh, assistance, and, and we help millions of workers. And there are some people whom we must help, additional people whom we must help. This is what we have broaden the scope of the emergency Canadian help and, and we continue helping the people who continue in the field of arts, culture and sports. And we also work with the provinces and territories in order to increase the wages of essential workers who need it. It goes without saying that this is also a difficult period for employers. And this is why we have introduced a whole series of additional measures, including contributions for companies, including indigenous and northern companies, and also for communities which need more help. We have also accepted the request for the deployment of Canadian Armed Forces in Quebec and in Novec and Bascotno. And I can also announce uh, that the Canadian Rangers will intervene in favor of two more communities in Quebec, Nutashwan and Tikwanishik. So all these provisions were set up for the purpose of enabling you to follow the recommendations of experts and to help us fight the COVID-19, COVID-19, and, and so the figures are evolving in the right directions. So together, we will make it through this crisis. However, even if we emphasize some encouraging trends, we will not delude ourselves. Throughout the country, thousands of families are going through horrible times because of the pandemic. And let me take a minute to convey my condolences of all people who are mourning and grieving, and all Canadians share your sadness, and they are with you during this terrible ordeal. And uh, as a government, we're here to we have your backs, and we'll, we'll be crossing those difficult times together. And of course, we need to think about uh, these elderly people in those long-term residences who cannot see their children or grandchildren except through FaceTime sometimes, and, and they're scared. And they hear and they see the news and they see how awful the situation is in home for elderly people. And they're worried and they, they wonder whether they'll be able to see their children and, and grandchildren again. This is something that makes them grieve. And we should do everything we can in order to do, to work together and also emphasizing that we must continue to stay home. We must continue to slow down the spread of this virus, and together we'll make it through this crisis. Because it's Sunday. I want to end again by talking directly to all the kids who might be watching. This week is National Volunteer Week. That means we say thank you to everyone around us doing things like helping seniors get groceries or putting in a shift at a food bank. You can join in from home, too. Ask your parents if you can help them make dinner and do extra cleaning around the house. Help your brother or sister with schoolwork. 
say hi over FaceTime to your grandparents who I know are missing you. Young and young at heart, we can all make a real difference. I heard a great story the other day about a restaurant in Nova Scotia, the Canteen. They've turned the restaurant into a community kitchen where people pitch in and get meals to those in need. And there have been thousands of Canadians who've already signed up through our national COVID-19 volunteer recruitment campaign to lighten the load on our frontline workers. Everyone can help out. Everyone can help us get through this. To all children who stay at home, do not forget that you are needed. And ask your parents if you can help them cook dinner or clean the house. Help your sister or your brother with homework and say hello to your grandparents on FaceTime, to your grandparents who miss you. So we can all do, can, we can all contribute, all contribute to making our country a better place. And, and so through this crisis, we all have a chance to contribute to improving the situation and we will all do our share together. Thank you. Thank you, Prime Minister. We'll move to question period on the phone. Moderator, you have the, it's for you. First question, Michelle Carver, the Globe and Mail. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Good morning, Prime Minister. Thanks for taking our questions. Uh, my, my question is with regards to the government's decision to tighten the scrutiny of foreign takeovers of Canadian firms impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Why is this decision important and why did you take this decision a month after European countries started doing this? We recognize that countries around the world are looking at their own regimes and recognizing that there are uh, vulnerable businesses that uh, are going to be important to our recovery, uh, who are perhaps uh, exposed to uh, foreign uh, purchases in a vulnerable time uh, that we need to be careful we're, uh, we're taking care of. So uh, we will be strengthening uh, our oversight and paying close attention uh, to foreign investment in this country to ensure that there isn't uh, people taking advantage of this crisis. We recognize how important it is in this economic slowdown, period of economic slowdown, to make sure that people overseas should not decide to take advantage of the situation to buy out or in Canadian companies or investing in them more than they would have if we were not in a situation of vulnerability. This is why we emphasize how important those measures are for the purpose of protecting our industry and our economy. And as a follow-up, are you aware of any foreign takeover deals that are coming or have occurred since the pandemic? And are there any sectors you're concerned about? I think we've highlighted that uh, certainly as we look at uh, challenges around supply chains for uh, essential medical supplies and personal protective equipment. Uh, as we strengthen our own domestic industry and production, uh, we wouldn't want uh, a foreign investor to uh, be able to uh, take that production that is being made for Canadians in this moment of crisis and send it overseas. Uh, we also recognize that there are perhaps some startups with brilliant ideas that are facing a cash crunch right now that we would very much want to remain Canadian for the years uh, who could be uh, exposed to predatory foreign investors. Uh, this is something that we're, of course, going to be keeping an eye on. Thank you. Prochaine question, moderator. Thank you. Merci. 
prochaine question, l'inaudible, la presse canadienne. À vous la parole. Oui, bonjour, M. Trudeau. Euh... Good morning, Mr. Trudeau. What can you tell us what the status is of negotiations for the resumption of work in the House of Commons? And who will be responsible if we can't do it? Well, we are at the moment concerned about the fact that we yet have yet to strike an agreement with all parties in order to be able to hold our sessions tomorrow morning. And so tomorrow, on April 20th, we should be able to hold our sittings with 330 MPs and with all the staff surrounding the MPs. So this is not a situation where that should happen. So we need to hold those sessions. And this is why we had the very, very good conversations with most parties. So I think we're about to reach an agreement for the purpose of being able to meet each week and be able to ask questions and move forward with our legislation. However, the Conservatives are still doing their best to slow down this reasonable agreement, but we hope that we'll have an agreement soon. You know, there was your time, I guess, that it is the fault of the Conservatives. And you've been speaking to the children today because this is Sunday. So what kind of an example are they giving to the rest of the country if they prevent uh, the country of doing what it has to do? Does that mean that federal politicians are just unable to reach an agreement amongst themselves in the interest of the country? Answer. Yes, of course, uh, I agree with you. We were cl clearly hearing our experts telling us that we have to make responsible choices and curb uh, um, the, the traveling in the country. So this is why we should not, in our view, hold traditional sessions. And uh, I believe it is very important to continue to have our democratic institutions at work uh, and to keep democracy go going. And I believe that we should be selecting opportunities and give uh, MPs from the opposition the opportunity to ask questions. Therefore, we are making proposals which are reasonable and seen as reasonable by all other parties, but ask the Conservatives why, what their approach is and why they are trying to obstruct uh, and why they are unreasonable in this business. We're in a situation right now where our public health authorities, our experts, and common sense tells us we need to continue to limit our movements, we need to continue to work from home, we need to continue to do everything we can to ensure uh, that people are kept safe from further spread of this pandemic. Uh, that's why it would be irresponsible for the House of Commons to resume tomorrow as scheduled on April 20th uh, with 338 MPs, their staff, uh, support staff in the House of Commons, security, people coming in from across the country at this particular point. We have proposed, uh, and it's been accepted by, uh, largely accepted by uh, the other opposition parties, that uh, we should have 
accountability measures. We should have parliament that functions, but we have to do it responsibly. And that's why coming back every week for questions and for uh, work uh, on passing new legislation is something that I think is reasonable and is acceptable to most parties. I believe deeply in our democracy, in our democratic institutions, and our principles, and it's important to be accountable. I'm perfectly happy to be taking questions every day from, from, uh, from media, and I'm looking forward to taking questions from opposition parties. But it has to be done in a responsible way, and right now uh, the Conservatives are uh, not taking a responsible approach. Thank you. Merci. Moderator, prochaine question. Merci, thank you. Next question, Libertium, Canadian Press, please go ahead. Uh, yes, Prime Minister, thanks for talking to us. Um, the uh, the NDP is asking for, um, in terms of parliamentary sittings, one in-person day and two virtual sittings. Uh, you have proposed only one virtual sitting. Can you explain why two is unacceptable? Uh, it, I think it is important that we have uh, in-person sittings, and, and uh, I think one a week uh, seems about the right number in a reduced fashion. But we also have been clear from the very beginning that we think there should be virtual sittings to allow uh, parliamentarians from across the country uh, who aren't within driving distance of Ottawa to continue to participate. Uh, and that's why we have been pushing for virtual sittings. Uh, we have heard from the House of Commons administration that they are incapable of standing up uh, virtual sittings for this coming week. Uh, but we are very open, open to increasing them over the subsequent weeks uh, because it's important that we be able to hear from all parliamentarians. Follow up. And as a follow-up, there's a report of a deal that has been reached. Can you, can you confirm that a deal has been reached with the opposition parties? Uh, I can't confirm anything like that. Uh, as I came out this morning, I heard that we were very close on it, but I, I haven't in the past uh, uh, half hour got noticed that there is a deal. I, I think it seems very, very reasonable that we can agree that there needs to be uh, a parliament that is functioning responsibly uh, in this difficult time. Uh, most parties have uh, responsible proposals forward, and I certainly hope that the, uh, the Conservatives will agree to doing the responsible thing here. Merci. Moderateur, dernière question au téléphone. Last question on the phone. La prochaine question, Raymond Fillion, TVA. À vous la parole. Good Sunday, Mr. Prime Minister. Can you explain to us what those virtual sessions would look like? Well, the House is at the moment examining a number of proposals. So the idea would be uh, to enable MPs across the country to ask questions and make speeches through video conferencing with the same uh, entitlement to take the floor and the uh, length of speech uh, as it as would be the case if there, there were traditional sessions. However, regarding we we've, we've yet to finalize technological arrangements for the purpose of being able to, to do it. In your speech, you have emphasized that thousands of families are going through very, very difficult times. And Premier Legault said that his government has been ill-prepared to confront the crisis. And there will be time for a 
post-mortem period or examining um, and after the fact examination of what happened. Was your government prepared for the crisis? Well, I believe that when we go through a tragedy uh, just like the one that we are going through, nobody can say that we were perfectly prepared. And we hope that this will not repeat itself. Uh, but uh, if that should be the case, we, I hope that we'll be better prepared. And I do know that Canadians at the various levels of government and everybody, uh, well, they certainly did all their best together for the purpose of protecting people with all the means we had at our disposal. And, and I believe that we fared rather well relative to other countries. So, so this is a tragedy, and, and this is a, a, such a horrible tragedy that we're all going through, but a horrible tragedy for many families. So we must do our best for the purpose of uh, exiting this uh, tragedy w without more tragedies. Canada. Can you give us, can you elaborate on the manner in which you think that resettings of a reduced number of MPs is not reasonable? Well, if we want to look at things the way they are, uh, we have to acknowledge that many people cannot come and attend sessions of the House because they live too far. So this is why we recognize how important it was to hold virtual sessions for the purpose of bringing to the House virtually people, all people who are entitled to contribute to our discussions and debates. And uh, we also want to be uh, in the House for the purpose of answering their questions, although virtually. This is important for democracy. It's a good thing to be able to answer questions from journalists and media in general day after day, but parliamentar par parliamentarians also have the same right to ask questions. So most, most parties agree that this would be what we're suggesting is a reasonable compromise. I think it's extremely important that we uh, remember that people are elected to Parliament in every corner of this country to be their community's voice in Parliament. And that's why, particularly in a time of crisis, it is important to look at virtual ways that allow members from every corner of the country to engage in parliamentary debate and discussion, and not just those who have the opportunity or the proximity to be around the national capital region. That's why we've been pushing the virtual sittings. Uh, we know that accountability is important, and taking questions every day from the media is a good thing, but it is also important that parliamentarians and opposition politicians get to ask questions of the government, which is why we've proposed that the parliament sit uh, every week in a reduced fashion, and that is a, a proposal that was uh, accepted by most parties. Um, the Conservatives uh, still uh, need to, to work on it a little bit in terms of their own reflection. Once the virtual tools are ready, would you be open to holding several virtual sessions per week? Because so far, uh, given the nature of your proposal, opposition parties could not, for several days a week, uh, ask questions. They cannot do it every day. Would you be willing to hold several virtual sessions a week? 
I can assure you that we do take into account the, uh, the comments which are and the requests which are made by the opposition parties. Media do know it. And so we are selecting the best possible options and we're trying to do what is necessary to meet the real requirements throughout the country. We're always open to work at Parliament, but we have to do it in a reasonable, cautious manner. And this is what we're attempting to do. And must again repeat that most parties agreed only the Conservatives uh, might perhaps derail the process and force us to meet again tomorrow uh, and not have 338 members. Parliament that you believe in accountability. So why is your party still haggling at the last minute over terms of the sitting? Why is this so complicated? Uh, we have been consistent from the very beginning, from uh, a number of days ago, where I said we have a proposal to bring back Parliament every single week uh, and ensure that we're uh, expanding and looking at virtual sittings as uh, quickly as we can. Uh, this has been our position, and we're consistently on that position. Uh, most opposition parties uh, found this to be reasonable. Uh, there is one party, and because the House is scheduled to resume tomorrow morning, there is required to be unanimous consent uh, by the parties to not come back tomorrow morning, uh, and the Conservatives uh, are, are you know, not wanting to, uh, to be reasonable in this, I think. Australia and other countries are calling for an international and an independent investigation into the origins of the COVID-19 outbreak in China. You've said this is not the time to point fingers or assign blame, but are you supportive of this investigation in the future? And do you still believe China responded and reported adequately? Uh, I think it's extremely important that we uh, understand exactly what happened and ask really tough questions of all countries involved, including China. This is something uh, that we need to pursue. But my priority right now and the priority for uh, countries around the world needs to be doing everything we can to keep our people safe and make sure that we have the resources necessary to uh, protect our citizens and get through this. And that will always be my focus. We recognize that there are important questions that need to be asked. We need to see what, ha what happened and how and uh, what responsibility countries have in this, and that includes China. But the priority for myself and other leaders has to remain what we do to keep our citizens safe. Ian Wood, CTV News. Prime Minister, a correctional facility near Montreal has confirmed dozens of COVID-19 cases, and the same is true with other facilities across the country, including one near Vancouver. What are... What are you doing to protect the incarcerated population and the corrections staff in these facilities to stop the spread of COVID-19? From the beginning, uh, Corrections Canada has taken measures to protect uh, both inmates and staff in these facilities, uh, including uh, eliminating visits, uh, reducing um, transfers, uh, looking at measures including uh, staggered timetables to keep uh, inmates and staff uh, more separate from each other, uh, ensuring that there are different mechanisms in place. And uh, those reflections are ongoing. We're always looking for uh, new ways to ensure protection of Canadians in those facilities. And um, some provinces have had to cut elective procedures in hospitals uh, to prepare and manage COVID-19 patients or prepare for them. 
Canada's already Canada already has long wait lists um, for some procedures. Is the federal government going to assist provinces to make sure that these existing backlogs aren't amplified once we're through this? We have uh, a tremendous amount of confidence that provinces are going to be able to continue uh, to manage their health care systems appropriately. We sent them uh, half a billion dollars in new resources to ensure uh, that they are able to continue to deal with this crisis. One of the key elements through this crisis was ensuring that if... Uh, more and more people got infected. There would still be uh, emergency beds for them. There would still be intensive care units available to them to deal with the very real challenges of COVID-19 and prevent uh, the death rates from skyrocketing as they have in other countries where their medical systems were overwhelmed. I think Canadians understand how important it is to make it through this crisis as quickly as possible so we can get back to normal. But getting through it as quickly as possible means being you know, very careful about what we are doing right now uh, to maximize our opportunity to help as many Canadians if they get infected. Prime Minister Janet Silver, Global News. In Austria, for example, they have, uh, they have a plan to get businesses reopened and they're doing it in a two-week process. Uh, they open a business, a small business, monitor for two weeks. If the cases don't go up, they continue then with hotels, restaurants, etc. Provinces here in Canada, there are some that are looking, have plans that they're announcing on how they're going to do that. I'm wondering what the coordination is between your government and the provinces. Will the federal government put a plan up as well? And what are you saying in terms of which businesses should be able to reopen first and when? Many of the decisions around what makes sense in terms of a careful restarting of the economy are much more appropriately made at the provincial level given uh, both provincial authorities and the reality that the shape of this pandemic is very, very different in different parts of the country. What we are working on coordinating with the provinces is a set of principles and uh, approaches uh, that uh, can be applied at different moments and in different ways across the country. We want to be there to ensure that there is uh, testing capacity, that we are supporting on contact tracing, that we are uh, remaining consistent in the messages that Canadians are hearing from the different orders of government across the country about how to be very, very careful to not allow for uh, a resurgence of COVID-19 just as uh, restrictions start being eased. Uh, these conversations are very much uh, live with the provinces right now. We are listening very carefully to what experts uh, and looking very carefully at what is working and has worked in other jurisdictions and seeing how and if that can be adapt to us, adapted to us. Uh, we recognize from the beginning that we have been slightly uh, slower. We were able to hold off uh, the pace of the virus in Canada uh, for a few more weeks than many other places, and therefore we can uh, take advantage of learning what works in different situations to adapt it to Canada. We are being extremely thoughtful about that easing, and again, People need to know it's not going to suddenly reopen in any part of the country overnight to what it was before. We're going to have to be very, very careful, very gradual, very progressive if we are to prevent the kind of resurgence that would send us all back into lockdown uh, as we were before. We want to make sure that what we are doing now is not for nothing, that 
we managed to get through this uh, with the kind of containment and control Oil sands approaches. Camp has sickened at least 12 people around Alberta and reports of other cases um, in other parts of the country from that. Should measures be in place to ensure that returning workers isolate whether or not they have symptoms? Uh, I think uh, that's a decision for the government of Alberta, but certainly uh, we all understand how important it is to keep uh, workers in essential uh, businesses, workers who continue to work uh, as safe as possible. Uh, safety of, of workers, of uh, their families as well, needs to be the primary consideration of any government, uh, and I certainly uh, uh, expect that to be the case in this one as well. Merci beaucoup. C'est ce qui met fin à la conférence de presse d'aujourd'hui. Merci tout le monde. You just heard from the Prime Minister at his home in Ottawa. There you have it. Let's You've been listening to the daily briefing from uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on uh, the latest on the COVID-19 pandemic and the national response. Not a lot to report there. Uh, he basically did a quick recap of all the different programs that the government has rolled out over the past few weeks. Uh, a major question was, what about the resumption of Parliament? Parliament is supposed to reconvene tomorrow. Apparently a deal is still not in place. The Conservatives would like to meet more than once a week with some virtual sittings. The Prime Minister says they're still talking about it. The Prime Minister says one meeting a week with some virtual gatherings. So they're still working that out regarding logistics, and a deal has not been hammered out just yet, so those talks continue. He also mentioned that Ottawa is keeping an eye on possible foreign purchases or takeovers of uh, Canadian companies during this economic downturn. And uh, he also uh, talked about uh, the need uh, for an investigation into what happened in China regarding the origin of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, he does support such an investigation, but he says his focus right now is on the health of Canadians. He also uh, spoke to young children, saying it's National Volunteer Week, so you might want to reach out and get involved. And uh, it's sort of life carries on. We're expected to continue to stay home as much as possible, to wash our hands, uh, to social distance when in public. So uh, we'll have another update with the Prime Minister tomorrow morning. And at that time, maybe there will be a deal to reconvene Parliament, maybe not. It also happens to be tomorrow is uh, 420, April 20th. Rather interesting. Uh, we'll have more on the Prime Minister's comments throughout the day on our newscasts on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm Kevin Osselman. We'll take a break and then we'll return to Let's Talk Gardening. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I'm going to go right to the phone lines and we're going to go to Dave Oatenbray Creek. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I've been gardening out here in Redwood for just about 40 years now. Yeah. <laughs> Growing my potatoes in the same spot. I've got no scab, no problems with them, but my soil is getting down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great winter for deer. Yeah. I've probably got at least one 20 liter bucket of deer pellets all over the lawn. Could, could <laughs> I throw them slingshot, in the garden? Really slingshot kidding? pellets, eh? Yeah, would they get too strong if I threw them in the garden? Yeah, you should let you could put them into your compost pile and let them decompose and go through that same process. Any kind of manure or compost, it needs to go through a bit of a decomposing process, aging. Otherwise, is this too much of a good thing? Yeah. What so I would just mix it into if, if you have a compost pile of some sort, just mix oh, it I've in got there. Several going out. Yeah. It's so cold at night here, so it takes them a long time. But I did a delivery there on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday of the day. You guys got a foot of snow out there. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I was going through town. It felt like it was back in January, so. Yeah. So. Um, 
another question. Yep. You have the uh, housekeep, two in a bucket there. Yep. Yeah, the combo buckets. Would it be too cold at night here for them? No, Haskips actually are out of Siberia, so they should do quite well. Just make sure they have good sunlight oh, is yeah. the biggest thing, especially out in Bright Creek, get lot, lots of nice big what, trees. about four hours at least? Yeah, at least that. Yeah, right. put them in the sunniest spot you got, and you should have uh, no issues getting some berries out there for you. I got, you know, we've got a lot of spruce tree here, but I got a few sunny spots. Perfect. And what about your big bags? Uh, would it, one of them to enhance soil be better? Yeah, those were good. You can you can do the big bags out there. You can do bulk. Um, depending on what type of area you got, absolutely. Yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of one of them for a few years now, but I guess it's about time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can actually call the store. You can order them right through us as well. Oh yeah. Or we deliver. We have the same product in bulk too. So if you need more than one yard, we can deliver it in bulk as well. And, the bags running now? I think they're in the 149 range, something like that. 115, okay. depending on the product. Ah. Alrighty. Okay, then. Thanks, Thank Dave. You. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Alright, let's go to Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Hi. Um, thank you. I'll be real fast because you don't have a whole lot of time. Um, <laughs> we got another hour or so, but yeah, we're lots of callers, so that's good. Okay. Um, first, there's two questions. Number one, my wonderful husband built this beautiful um, raised bed out of old uh, planks, like yep. they're probably 100 years old. Oh, nice. But when we planted stuff in the, and they heated up in the summer, we could smell creosol. Yeah, I, I would definitely wouldn't use it for any kind of food or anything then. Okay. Yep. So no strawberries? No, not okay. in those, definitely not. I would... Uh, I would just uh, avoid any kind of food, but it, it's fine. Like we used to do uh, railway ties for shrub beds and things like that, and they work. Wow, isn't that crazy though? Over a hundred, like a hundred. Well, that's why the wood's still milk. holding, probably, unless there's big old cedar. But as soon as it touched the loam and stuff, and that's where um, the certain types of wood. And the new, the nice thing is the new um, pressure treated lumber. A lot of it is done with a food grade preservative, so it's you're able to use some of the new pressure treated wood. So. Okay. All righty. Thank you. And, and the second question is, yep. we have a, a greenhouse that we plant everything in the ground. Yeah. And it's been about 13 years, and we just um, we just put cow patties in it. And and uh, I don't really fertilize a lot. It's so busy all summer. I, yep. I'd have to have stickies all over my head to yep. remember to fertilize. And so I just use um, egg shell plant uh, eggshells. Yeah. When I plant, and then I just kind of don't. But you know, from the beginning, the plants were like trees. They, the tomato plants just grew so big and so much fruit. And now they're not so big and not so much fruit anymore. Yeah, you're probably just lacking a bit more of the phosphate. You're probably getting lots of nitrogen because you're, if you're using the manure and that all the time, you get a lot more nitrogen, which shoots it up a bit, but you're not getting the. You need the middle number to help produce fruit. So what you just might want to supplement, even like with a bag of our lawn fertilizer, 1632-6, you can mix that right in your soil so you don't, it's a slow release, so it'll feed your plants all summer long. Okay. And it's for your lawn, but you can use it in your flower beds and stuff like that too, or shrub beds or vegetable or whatever. So just put some new soil in? Yeah, new soil is a good thing as well to mix in because you might be just too much compost in there as well. Um, yeah, could well, 
you know, we have terrible soil out here. It's yeah, pretty no, clay. Absolutely. It's hard to, to get on with it, but anyway. All righty. All righty. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We're going through them pretty quickly. Where am I at? I'm going to go down to Marilyn. Good morning, Marilyn. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I'm calling in regards to, I'm going to start a raised garden. Okay. And I've done some seedlings that are the onions, but I just need to know, doing the raised garden, what kind of soil is the best kind of soil and also fertilizer and when I should start my raised garden? Uh, how big of a bed are you going to build? Well, I've got them actually, I bought them as pots and the pots are about uh, 12 inches deep and they've got to be about 12 wide by 36 36 i think uh, long okay you can just use like even our all-purpose potting soil is great for that like if it's a if the raised beds are more like big big pots um that the soilless mixes work really good we also have a black gold organic our our spruce it up all-purpose that's what i've used in like when we did the um global gardens up at with global tv with leslie i used our just our all-purpose soil and it we we had fantastic um, results with that so okay and how about fertilizer what kind of fertilizer would you recommend depends of what you're feeding you can use an all-purpose 20 20 20 or 15 30 15 is another good one if you have tomatoes things like that a little bit higher middle number works good a good well-balanced like 15 30 15 water soluble is really good for your flowering and and most of your fruit and veggies Okay, and when would you suggest would be the best time to start a raised garden? Well, you can start getting it ready, um, but really you can start seeding probably the last week in April. really depends on what the weather does. For transplanting little seedlings outside, unfortunately we need to wait till mid to late May, depending on what the weather's doing, even the end of May. Like sometimes if new seedlings can't withstand that anything below minus three, Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, through May, we still get those days where we're hitting minus three, minus five. So right, we even get snow, right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> we're in Calgary. Yeah, exactly. I just have one more question for you. Okay. My, my husband actually asked this question. He wants to know: we have in front of our house, uh, we get the, the sun in the morning, yep. and then we get the shade in the afternoon. And so he's wondering, what kind of plant can we plant there? It's shade in the afternoon? Yeah. Um, a really nice one are Annabelle hydrangeas. I'd go more to some shade perennials, Annabelle hydrangeas. So it gives you nice big white blooms. Um, you can mix some hostas in there, um, things like that. I would create ligularia is one of my favorite, um, shade areas. And that way it makes it look like you have a nice lush garden rather than one that's struggling. A lot of times people use plants that need more sun on the wrong side of the house and the garden always looks like it's struggling so just make sure you're using the right so i'd go to a shade garden on that like like i said those annabelle hydrangeas is your great one use that in the back mix them some legal areas hostas in the front and it's gonna be gorgeous okay super thank you so much i really appreciate that you're welcome take you care have a wonderful day you too okay, bye-bye. bye-bye all right all right i'm just gonna take a quick break and then when we get back, we're going to chat with uh, actually Colin from Plantation, another garden center here in town. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's online garden center. Spruce it up, green it up. Print it up. We got you covered. And right now I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to chat with Colin. 
And he is the owner of Plantation Garden Center, and uh, he's another one of us independent crazy guys that likes to have a business that has a couple challenges here and there. Good morning, Ch- Colin. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Good. So, so we got a little bit of sunshine today. Oh, finally, hey, plus 15, I hear. Yep. So what you and I were chatting a bit yesterday, and we're, we want to maybe just share some of the things that we have to go through that we're going to open our stores to the public as we head into spring and try and do some physical distancing, obviously, and uh, and just keep keep our team safe and then also our all our customers safe as well and still get through this gardening season because we go from zero to 500 miles an hour typically. And unlike some other parts of Canada where they get a gradual thing, ours goes from zero to 500. So we, it's going to be a bit of a challenge for us this year. It sure is. It's um, definitely not business as usual. It's, uh, you know, today. Um, so we're, we're, we're still open to yep. the public. I mean, we're, we're more of an outdoorsy garden center. So, um, you know, it's not overly busy right now. Other than uh, you know, th- we've been doing a lot of phone-in yeah. orders lately, and that's uh, that's been working fairly well. It's uh, it's it, it is difficult. It has its challenges. It's um, but you know, again, uh, it's getting us through this time. Yeah, it's getting it us is. through this, helping out a bit wherever you can, right? It is like I I feel like we are the most fortunate uh, business. One of the most fortunate businesses being uh, being deemed essential, and and every person that walks in says. You're darn right. You're essential. I'll go crazy if I don't have some flowers in my backyard. Yeah, no, season. and and the veggies, the amount of people growing things, like I, like I've never like so many seeds and grower supplies and raised raised cedar troughs and like this is all going out like crazy. And a lot of people learning learning how to grow. And I remember when I built the the Sate Culinary Garden with Andrew Hughes up there at the college. I know Andrew. Yep. They, they, then his point being back then was he wanted the people going through the culinary arts to understand where the food comes from. It just doesn't come from the back of a truck, which is very important, obviously. But to understand that those things are all growing, like they're out of the ground. So, absolutely, we are, we are essential to the to the food supply. Yeah, the more people can grow their own, um, the 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 less pressure on the grocery stores. It makes perfect sense that and we're helps uh, keep the keep you everybody sane a little bit too gives us all something to do a little bit well you know you think about it the entire I, i'm guessing you know parks and everything will be closed and the entire summer will pr- pretty much be in your backyard so yeah. i mean we we do expect to be very busy our our obvious challenge is we're used to 50 people in the store at once and yeah. now we're down to you know 10 to 15. So today we're, we've prepared for, um, maybe some crowds because it's so warm out. Yeah. So we're lining up the carts outside like a grocery store. So luckily people are kind of getting, you know, they understand how this all works. Everybody's been really good about it. I found for the most part, right? They they, really have been. Yes. They're just, you know what? They're happy to be out of the house. They're happy to be seeing some, you know, flowers some pansies and some veggies and, you know, and the, like you, like you talked about, demand is, you know, talking to BC garden centers that are very far ahead of us, um, and the American ones, and and it, demand for vegetables and herbs is up four hundred percent right now. 
Yeah, no, it's it. It is. Well, everyone's at home cooking too. Like if you're if you're doing any kind of cooking stuff and and growing, um, and that's where we are essential. But we also want to make sure we're setting people up success and giving them yeah. the right knowledge, and uh, and making sure people head out there. And uh, at the end of this, we hope to have a whole new crop of uh, of gardeners that are in our community and sharing their knowledge with the next next group that's coming up behind them. So love it. And our and our kids. And, uh, and that's thing, but we talked about, if you are going to go to the garden center, these are a couple of points I wanted to touch on is please don't bring the whole family with you. Like, come, exactly. um, I know we always get, and this is a bit of a joke, but a lot of times the, the wives say, well, my husband doesn't want me to spend so much. Just come by yourself. We'll let you do what you like. Absolutely. <laughs> we won't even give you a receipt. You don't have to worry. You don't, yeah. have, to, you don't have to show anything. Yeah. yeah. So we put, we, we've put signs up by the carts outside because the gates will yep. have to be closed so that we can control. These aren't our rules. We don't want to, you know, obviously this is imposed on us and it's for the safety of the staff uh, and the customers. So, you know, um, we put signs up just saying, you know, please, we suggest you leave the kids at home, the the, the, the dogs at home. Like yep. we're always welcoming animals and everything. But, yeah, you know, it's a, really, it's a really tense time, right? Everybody, everybody is... It's hard to keep control. I was in the grocery store yesterday and four kids, and I felt bad. It was a mother by herself, four kids, and they're just running everywhere and like right. they're all running right at me. They're right, I'm right. just like, and you're looking at it like, okay, I'm like, I could, like, I'm not in fact, but if I was, like, you just please, like, it, it, it's hard, right? It's very it hard. hard. Yeah. And the kids don't understand. Like, they I don't saw, get it. You know, we had kids in yesterday and, um, and they're running around the greenhouse and it's like, and they don't understand. I mean, why? Why should they? Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it's just up to us. So, to, uh, if you if you're going to visit plantation up there in the north or and spruce it up in the south and stuff, and any of the other garden centers, just be mindful. Be patience when you go patience. there. Uh, eat yeah. a couple Snickers bars before you go yeah. out shopping anywhere. Make sure you don't get the the hangries, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> just, yep. The yep. other the other point I want to make is come with a bit of a plan there are going to be people waiting in line and yeah we we can you know our store is small we allow only two people inside our building and then we'll allow more outside obviously 10 to 15 we're not sure what that's going to look like yet yep. but um yeah come with a bit of a plan just so that you know th- there are people waiting in line i know you waited in line to get in as well yeah so you know just be mindful of coming in and trying to get through quickly i mean it's when I say business isn't as usual, we, we can't, I don't believe this year we'll be able to spend the amount of time with each customer nope. planning a garden, planning a perennial garden. It's kind of a come in, grab and go almost. Yeah. You know, I, 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 we're always, and you guys too are always about customer service and that hands on, you know, we want to help you right through the Absolutely. whole process. Yep. And, and this is just, this is just going to be a blip, and it's going to be a year where that's just not going to be very no, possible. We have a bit more time to do a bit of research, hit our websites, hit some areas yep. where we have, listen to shows like mine, and we'll try and help people out through this whole thing. For sure. But, and we and, just can't have the staff that we normally had either because, I mean, of it uses up spaces. Yep. We, they, they use up more space, right? So it is going to be a real lesson in patience and um, and uh, calmness, but it, it's it's eerily quiet out there. No, as a, as a good friend of mine says, just remember to be kind when you're out there, right? Just, well, uh, hey, just... we'll get, we'll get through it. And, yep. and, 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 uh, the more we follow the rules 
you know, I, I, I've said this many times, just look for the arrows on the ground. Um, we're, we're all going to have traffic flow <laughs> throughout the greenhouse yeah. so that people have to stay do it. safe. And, yep. and, and, you know, people are willing to follow the rules if they just know what they are. So yep. we're going to try and make it easy for them so it's not so. But anyways, yeah. Awesome. Uh, okay, well, I just wanted to touch base. i got lots of callers, so I'm going to get yeah, back to answering I some questions. We lost some time with uh, um, our interviews that we had to do. But thanks, Colin, for Have joining me. Day, and, uh, and you can find Colin up at Plantation Garden Center up okay, on 4th Street, right? <laughs> thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to hit the phone lines full-time, and uh, Joanne is on the other end doing the text. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to chat with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. I just had one general question. Yes. Is, uh, I've heard you talk about the Horticultural Society. Yes. Um, apparently I've heard they got an agricultural college in Olds. Is there something different between what you do at the Garden Center and what they teach at Olds College? Yeah, well, actually, the Olds College uh, does a variety of programs. Like They're huge. So they'll do... They actually have uh, cannabis growing, they have production growing, they have greenhouse growing, they have fashion. Olds College is a very diverse college. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I just... Yeah, and they also have... I was up there a couple of weeks ago. I drove up because I was trying to support the local um, butcher shop. So actually, we actually had some burgers from there last night. We I went up and got the ground beef and some steaks and stuff because they have a retail store out of the college. So all the... The, the students learn how to do all those fancy cuts, and they prepare things. Um, it's really, really good. I, and but it's shut down now, but it's um, since this college is shut down. But, uh, yeah, they, they have the whole agricultural section, farm crops. Like They, they do a, a very diverse range of uh, programs. So they're interrelated with your gardens? Absolutely. Garden. Yep. No, all of our ISA-certified um Arborist, they they we they write their tests through Olds College. We have Hort students that have come from there that are working at the store. So absolutely, yeah, very integral part of Alberta and and uh, our horticultural ag college. Um, I was just curious. Yep, yeah, no, absolutely, good one. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Dale. Bye bye. Bye bye. And we'll go up to Randy. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. Um, I have a weeping birch. Yep. And a few weeks ago, I had a large limb trimmed off that didn't you know didn't have any leaves on it all last year it's about yeah. six inches in diameter the trunk that feeds it and that goes up above it has live growth yep. and currently there's a ton of sap pouring out of yep. where the limb was cut is that bad is there anything i can do to ameliorate that? yeah you want to keep watering um i'd add some water into it Typically, unless it was dead, damaged, or diseased, typically you don't prune birch or maples until um, till summertime, until they're fully leafed out. Right. Unless it was, like, broken or damaged or diseased, because that's, that's the reason. They yeah. won't bleed when you, if you do any of the pruning of those um, once you get into summertime. 
Okay. Uh, once they're fully leafed out. Right. So typically, yeah, you don't want to do a bunch of pruning to your birch or maples at this time of year. Right. We just did it because it was dead all the way up and probably yeah. had some disease in it. Yeah. But now it is because it's kind of, it was trimmed back to the trunk where the other limbs go up. Yeah, we have a, uh, can you reach up to where you cut it off? Yeah. Okay, I'd get a product. We have it. It's called um, plant skid. Okay. It's a natural bark replacement. Depends how big you did it, or you just let it heal up. It, it will stop, but just ensure that you're making sure you're giving it good water because it's losing water up the top. Okay. Um, yeah. And the, this next, I would probably hold off pruning any of those until it's starting to leaf out a bit more, so that way you don't go through that. Yeah, we're not pruning anymore. We just nope. did the one branch kind of thing. So. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much. Alrighty, take Bye. care. Bye-bye. And we're going to go. i got time. We're going to do one more before the break. We're going to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Good. How can I, I help you? A, well, I have a problem with gophers, so I decided the only way I'm going to have a garden is to have raised beds. Yep. And I was thinking about like 10 feet by 4 feet. Yep. Can I use part soil from the garden and part yep. garden mix? Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, Brenda, I'm going to help you out. I'm oh. going to give you a big yellow bag from our oh. good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply, the big yellow bag people. Um, I'm going to get you a bag delivered right to your house from our That's good friends there at uh, at Eagle Lake. That would be awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, and it's great soil. So you can use the existing soil they have and then add this into it. And uh, you should start, that will give you a great base to start out with. Okay. I want to plant potatoes, beans, and carrots. Perfect. Uh, would it be best to plant them, like, in a row or just Yeah, I keep them together. Like, do one row of potatoes uh, or a couple rows, but it depends what you want to eat the most. First and foremost, f- figure out what you like to eat more of, right? Yeah. And then you can start your potatoes. But then there's some really quick crops, like radishes and things like that, that you could plant beside them because they'll come up and grow, and you can harvest them before the potatoes are done. Right. And... And, and that way you're utilizing that space as well. So um, would that be better than growing, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a section of potatoes and a section e- well, of carrots? Well, yeah, well either one. Like you can do a, a rose of each um, or a section, depending on how much room you're going to be growing into. Um, but, but, yeah, by all means, I, I, I do like to keep them together because that way some needs a little bit more water, some needs hilling up like potatoes and and your carrots thinning out. Like carrots make good borders, though. Like you can run them along the border if you're doing a, a, round, a bed that's all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just sort of look at the sizes, too, and sort of plan it. Um, put the bigger stuff in the back and then work your way forward. Right. How deep would the soil need to be? I I would say minimum 18 sort of thing, 18 inches. 18 inches. Okay. And they need a separate box for strawberries, probably four by four. Yeah, you can, or you can just put them on the edges as well. Like they make a good border plant and then Um, they can hang over the edge as well. uh, Yeah. Okay. Or just do them in a totally separate area if, if you're able to do two. Right, and how deep would they need to They be? only need to be about 12 inches, and if they're connected right to the ground, like even six to eight is lots. 
Well, I was going to have them raised up probably two or three feet. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's lots too. They ate everything the it, other year. So. Yeah, we have a good product too as these, as these uh, critters start coming out. It's called Bobex. It's a natural herb-based product that is an animal deterrent. Mm-hmm. And you spray it around your beds and stuff like that. And it just, it stinks quite bad. And it tastes bad. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't spray it on the fruit when you get to that stage, but you can spray it ahead of time and it'll it'll definitely teach them to stay away. Well, I have a real problem. Like okay. I can look out the window and see 50 out each window. Okay, if you have that many gophers time. too, we, we do have a product and not everybody likes to do it this way. It's called the Giant Destroyer. It's a smoke bomb. You throw it down the hole and it eliminates them. Right now is a good time to do that. Yeah, it, sometimes you have to if you get so many. In, uh, go for yeah, I would look at doing the giant destroyers. Like it's, they work really, really good. Yeah, I had them coming in my store. They were eating our bird seed, doing a bunch of stuff. So I had to do that because I just I couldn't do it. They were just they were overtaking. They were chasing our cat around, so it was crazy. <laughs> Alrighty, okay. thank you. All right, take so, care. Bye bye. Um, do I have? Yeah, to- and I'm just going to put you on hold, and then we'll get your name and number from Gord, and you'll. Get that bag delivered from our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. Great. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go to the quick phone line, and we're going to chat with John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How you doing, sir? The old guy there today. Yeah, I know. It's uh, lots and lots of calls, and I see Joanna's crazy on the old text lines as well, so keep them coming. Uh, How can I help you today, John? Uh, I just got a little text. You bet. Thanks, John. That was from uh, Joanna. Oh, nice. I was checking in on some seeds. Now, does a person have to come down to... Seeds, Are you, if you're able to shop online, um, just on our website, we have all the seeds up there, and you can just order for curbside pickup, or we deliver for free for any orders over $20. Now, I'm looking for pictures. Yeah, a lot of the pictures are on there as well. All the veggie pictures are on there. The flowers, I'm not too sure, are up yet. There's just so many, but all the veggie pictures are up there as well. Mainly what I used last year, because they were super. Yeah, and yeah. I- they're all up there. Post, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And food safe containers. Yeah. What are they? Uh, as far as wood, you mean? No, the uh, plastic, sorry. Um, the plastic. Um, I, I guess you have to look at, and I, I'm trying to remember what that word is, like the ones that don't emit the little, uh, like the same as the, the water bottles and things like that. There's just a... Uh, BPAs is the is the term that as long as it doesn't emit the BPA rating on them. So these buckets from uh, the lumberyards, uh, they're not necessary. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I would just check them underneath. There's usually little symbols on there that will say. But I, I see more of that now, and uh, some of the crops coming out of them buckets are unbelievable. Yeah, no, well, because you're doing a raised bed, and the bucket warms up the roots, which is, which is a big advantage here in Calgary. So if you're growing in any kind of raised beds, pots, things like that, um, they typically will grow better. Oh, okay. And uh, is your pricing the same as the Eagle Lake? Yeah, on the, the we sell their yellow bags through the store. We're one of their dealers, so you can order through us or through them. Oh, I see. And now we also have, have their yeah. We have their product in our bulk bins as well, 
So, you have a special mix too, though. You said yeah, bags. we have a garden mix in our in our things in our bulk bins as well. We don't we don't do any of the bags. Oh, so that would be hard to deliver, wouldn't it? No, we just deliver it. We just we just dump it wherever. Like if you have a spot in the driveway or in the back alley or whatever. Oh dear. On a tarp. Yep. It's 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 those bags are great if you're not using it all right away. And uh yeah. Alrighty. And you have two different kinds of uh yellow bag. Yeah, I think there's about ten different kinds. If you go on their thing, they're they, they they're putting everything in them now. So Okay. Alrighty. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Mel. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I'm just going to go to one more, and then I'm going to go to Natasha after this. I'm going to go to Blaine. Good morning, Blaine. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, our lawn for the last two years, we've got dead spots, and I think it's chintz bugs. How do you treat those? Um, are you just seeing it just sort of looks like just dried out areas? Right, and, yeah. and it keeps to be spreading. Like yeah. Every year it gets more and more. So, uh, so what I do is give it a really good raking, like a good power rake, And then I would use a product called Pure Spray Green in those areas and then utilize our Green It Up lawn fertilizer. It'll really help um, rejuvenate it after it's gone through those kind of things. Okay. And uh, because what it does is it builds the root system up. Most of the lawn fertilizers that people are using is the box store stuff. And it's just, they're they're made for people in Vancouver and Toronto where they don't need phosphate in the soil. But in Calgary, we need phosphate. So that's why ours is 163026. High middle number. Not crazy in the nitrogen. Still gets it really green, but nice deep roots. So you water less. It recovers for any of those mouse trails that people get at this time of year. Any of that stuff, uh, the, the green up lawn fertilizer makes a huge difference. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Thanks, Blaine. Take Bye-bye. care, bud. All right. And I got time. I'm going to do Natasha quick, and then uh, we'll have to take a break. Morning, Natasha. Good morning, Meryl. How are you? Good. How's everything down at the Hort Society? Well, listen, uh, busy as always. It Again, like we've said a million times, gardening season isn't canceled. So nope. people need to know. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're advertising what's going on at, at Spruce It Up. I think it's really important for people to know that, that businesses are still open and, and our gardening season will start and whether you're ready or not. So so get it, ready and go, go, yeah, yeah, go, in the go right, online. And that's why I wanted to bring Colin on as well. Like, it's going to be a challenge so if you are going to the store don't expect it to be exactly the same as before um come in with some patience and and it, it can't be a family outing unfortunately we're going to have our playground clothes things like that so just uh be patient come out enjoy the day do your shopping and uh and that's that's all we can say is this we're all just trying to work through this absolutely absolutely yeah. so well let's go I to it quick say- yep Oh, just say, uh, before you do go shopping at your lovely store, how about you stop off next week uh, at a computer somewhere and take a look at our Get Growing Day of Learning. We're putting up, obviously we had to cancel our garden show. Very disappointed about that. However, next week what we're going to do is a free day of learning where we are taking our presenters, our workshops that we were going to have at our garden show, and we're going to be creating some videos, some live Q&As, et cetera, et cetera, from 9 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It'll be a series of wonderful educational components. And so we're inviting people to come on to our website in our events calendar, take a look, and really log in throughout 
throughout the day, throughout the weekend, and we'll have tons of information for you to get ready for the gardening season. Perfect. All right, Natasha, unfortunately, I got to go. I got to take a break. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Have a great day. Thank you so much. And check out all the knowledge there at calhort.org, and that's the Calgary Hort Society. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. I might have time for one quick one after this, 403-974-8255, if you want to squeeze in. I'm going to go to Megan, first of all. Good morning, Megan. Oh, hi. Good morning, Earl. How can I help you? Um, I'm just wondering because I, I do have in my backyard a little bit of problem with drainage, like in the spring. Okay. But um, especially so because I have in the alleyway the shady side, right? So yep. it's kind of, and, and this year was really bad. Like it's it's pooling. Oh, lots so, of snow, lots of melt. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we, we're doing a bit of an overhaul. And I'm going to put in like some drainage and rocks. But I'm wondering, we do want to put in some trees for privacy. Yep. Do you have a suggestion on like, should I go with like a pine type tree? or like maybe a lilac or... In the wet area? Pardon me? Down in the wet area? Uh, Yeah, like um, at the back where like... You know, we're going to try to, like, is is there a tree that would help it drain, basically? Yeah, I, I would think? stick more with a, like, something like a willow. Okay. Um, There's lots of great willows, like sandbar willows, golden okay. willows. And it depends on much room if you need, like, a nice big shade tree. Like yeah. We even have the prairie cascade willow okay. which is awesome it's okay. it's like a weeping willow that you see in bc okay, so many people think that the weeping birch is that one but it's actually a a that one's a weeping birch but the prairie cascade there's not a lot of big ones there's a few in sundance around the lake okay. and things like that but they're they're a great tree they like it moist they can take that sandbar willow if you want some shrubs like there's yeah. about there's actually 38 varieties of willows in alberta so there's lots of lots to choose from so and those would be good for for um helping with the drainage there and um, absolutely yeah and okay. just and this, yeah, underneath is where the subgrade is where you need to work out on the drainage too. Yes, yes. Uh, we're building a bit of a trench there just along the side of the fence. Yeah, you, you um, do but, an ornamental dry creek bed too. That's a great way yeah. to, to get drainage out. And okay. just put some river rock in there, add a couple boulders. It uh, yeah. it makes it look really quite nice. And then if you do get heavier moisture, it fills up with a little bit of a creek, and but the water goes in a controlled manner and you get it out of your yard. So. Okay, great. That's that's so helpful. Thank you so much. All righty. Take care. Okay, have a super awesome day. You bye. too. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Lila. Good morning, Lila. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, you had a lady on a little while back. I think she was from Lethbridge with the old-fashioned sweet peas. Yeah, that's Bailey's Bailey Hill Greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Diana. Uh, how do I get some of these seeds? Do you have them in the store? We don't have them in, and we were going to have her up, but I'm gonna, I haven't heard from her lately, obviously, with everything going on. Um, but I was planning on bringing her up into the garden center sometime in May mm-hmm. and, and let her bring up a bunch of sweet peas, and, and we'd sell them out of the store there. But you can, if you're going down to the Turner Valley area, like down that way, like Bailey Hill, it's down a little bit further um, you can you can see her. She's on Facebook and she has a uh, website and stuff as well. So she's around Turner Valley area. I think Pincher Creek. Sorry, Pincher Creek. Yeah, yeah that's a little bit. Yeah, a little far. further. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're. Um, are you going to be bringing in some plants? Oh, we're gonna. Have, we already have sweet peas in right now. Like we'll 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 be having sweet peas in right away. So absolutely. 
Okay. Yeah, no, we're going to have full plants. We're going to have all the selection that we normally have. I might tone it down a little bit, but for the most part, we're going to have everything, um, all the flowers. we got pansies, violas, everything in right now, snapdragons, all the cold, hardy things that you can almost put outside now. Um, we got those in stock. So. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we're going to go to, I think it says Ron. Good morning, Ron. Or Ron H., what is that one? Sorry, Gord. Ron. Heather. Oh, hi, I'll put you back on hold. Okay. All right. I'll go down to. Okay, I'll go to Ron down below. Hey, Ron. Cherry trees. Yes. Good morning. Yes. Um, I have some cherry pits from a yep. tree that grew in Calgary. Okay. And I wanted to know if I could start some more. Uh, we have a little acreage uh, north of town, a ways. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to put a few in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you can, do you know what procedure I need to follow? Um, have they been kept in a cool, dark place? Yes. Yep. So right now you can just actually put them into soil, or you could soak them, like get a like a real wet um, paper towel and put wrap it in like saran wrap after, and put the seeds in there and just soak them for a few days to get them going a bit, and then okay. you can put them right into soil and uh, get them to seed up and germinate and and then once they get up and going sort of that six eight inches um put them into another pot and then by midsummer you should be able to maybe transplant those into the ground and then see how that goes okay super thank you very much yeah keep me posted how that goes all right we'll do all right thank you sir take care bye-bye all right and that's it for us for uh for this week and uh thanks for calling in and uh and all that stuff. Stay safe. And uh, till next week, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.